Forgotten Flicks remembers Nomads, Forgotten Flicks podcast where we remember the movies you grew up with. And this will be the second episode, well, the first time in a long time that we've had two episodes come out within two weeks. So that's a pretty that's a pretty cool thing, you know, unless you hate the show, in which case <laughs> tough. <laughs> I am Joel. I am joined by the lavish and effervescent, I'm sure I've used that before, Peter. <laughs> Joel. <laughs> yes, and uh, Peter has joined me. Uh, we were actually originally slated to record an episode. I think we were going to do Streets of Fire was the next one up, but unfortunately we have to not permanently postpone that one, but that was getting bumped back a little bit. But I really wanted to record something. Peter was game for it, so we're here. We are here to talk uh, gonads, right? Yeah. Yeah. Part one and two. Yes, part one. Yeah, two gonads. Uh, 1986 Nomads, or as we love to say, Nomads. Uh, oh, we're we going to record the whole episode like this. Yes, we'll do the very, very good French accent. Yes. <laughs> Just like oh, Pierce Brosnan, boy. who I'm, I'm surprised was not nominated for this motion picture purely for his French accent. Wow, the hatred already? Well, yeah, no, and actually, no, yeah, I may surprise you with this one. However, I will say that I still am trying to figure out why he had to be French. Yeah. Like, why yeah, is that necessary? I mean, he's not, I don't know, Is he? he's Irish, right? Isn't he, Isn't his background, he's Irish, uh, I think? Yes, I think, yes, I think he is. So, but I'm saying, why wouldn't that have been sufficient? Like, yeah, no. I, I don't know why, why they had, he had to be from France. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, oh. So, we are doing Nomads. 
Yes. From 1986. And this is a movie that, let's just get this out of the way right now. If you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil the mess out of it. Peter, actually, do you want to just do the real quick synopsis? Because I don't feel, I feel there is no way to succinctly and quickly do a plot type synopsis for this movie. No, we'll just start it off with the movie, how it starts, and then just go with it, more or less. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as you said, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Jean-Charles Pommier. Wow, that's uh, pretty good. I totally was going to call him, let's see, what was it, Pomeranian? (laughs) Pomeroy? (laughs) Pommier? John Charles. Yes. She calls him Jimmy, doesn't she? Jean Charles Pommier. Yeah, played by Pierre Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. He's a, a anthropologist who has recently moved to Los Angeles with his wife. Uh, they've been, I don't know, been re- traveling the world, uh, looking at people, basically, <laughs> <laughs> which is what an anthropologist does, right? In, yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah, uh, ba- mostly uh, nomadic tribes, uh, more or less. Hence the and title. He's now go- what? Hence the title. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And he's now gotten a permanent job at uh, what was it, UCLA, right? Yes. And as uh, a professor. they bought a house and uh, have uh, settled down. And uh, that's the easy part of the <laughs> uh, of the synopsis. And the movie actually starts with uh, uh, with him being hospitalized with blood everywhere, screaming bloody murder, more or less, in French. Yes. And uh, uh, oh, Eileen Flax. Played by the uh, lovely I, Leslie Ann Down. Leslie Ann Down. I just can't get over her last name, Flax. I don't... Yeah, I don't yeah, really know. Just, I yeah. actually went in the credits. I had to rethink it yeah. because I don't remember hearing her name, and I thought that was one of the punks. Yeah, no. Eileen Flax. Yep. Yeah, she's the doctor. Yes. Uh, and has been on call for 30 odd hours and are, is basically tired out of her out of her mind more or less and she tends to him uh, calming him down somewhat before he just rips the bed to pieces and whispers something into his ear into her ear bites her and dies mm-hmm. and it's not even five minutes into the movie and I was thinking what? Yeah, they just killed the protagonist off in the first five minutes, which seems yeah. very spoilery to say that. However, I will say it literally happens in the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't I don't even think it was five minutes. So that's like I've never seen this movie before. So I was like, what? Why? Why is he top build? Yeah, oh, exactly. And and I think I'm glad you said you've never seen it before because I had not either. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to cover it. I just happened to be. Going through Netflix, going through the thriller section, there was a few movies from the mid-80s on through to maybe the early 90s. I was like, oh, I mean, I've never seen that. I was always familiar with the title and was aware of it. And it's like always was on that short list, but never bothered. I was like, you know what? Screw this. It's called Forgotten Facts yeah. for the Love of God. And this is, this one will qualify. Yeah, it will. And I remember seeing the original poster for it. It was, it was the VHS box. And it's the one where Brosnan's running and you have almost that Fright Night-esque sh- cloud-shaped face thing behind yeah, it. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? I don't have it right in front of me. Some yeah. kind of, it, it's uh, it looks like a demonic kind of ghost. creature yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So in yeah. my head, I always 
assumed it was obvious it was a supernatural movie and i thought just high level knowing okay he's an anthropologist that it took place in another country i i didn't really when i went into this when he was talking about la i'm, I'm like what okay i had no idea so <laughs> i was actually pretty surprised with how this movie played out because it was not at all what i had in my head of what it would be no no and i didn't know at when i first saw the vhs box even though i've always been a kind of a fan of Die Hard, that <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, John McTiernan, the director of Die Hard, directed this movie. This, in fact, is his debut. Yeah. And so, it's a Pierce Brosnan's uh, feature movie debut, yeah, too. Yeah, because I guess this has been around the time he was doing Remington Steel, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. which, of course, he couldn't get the James Bond gig, but he got nope. this one he at the time. He got Nomads. Yeah. He got Nomads. So, I, I, guess, I, I guess let's just go right into the fact that this is a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, it is, because we, we might as well just go on. He somehow transfers his memory. Yeah, it's his memory, because I wouldn't say it's her, his soul, yeah. because it's, no, it's no, all no, flashback no. stuff. Yeah, and she starts acting weird because she lives in, well, two worlds, more or less. Yes. So, uh, and then that's the first uh, semi-confusing uh, bit of this movie. I will say that right off, I liked the fact that the story was going to be told in flashback and mm. it was going to be told with that idea of the unreliable narrator. Yeah. Because we know that she's sleep deprived. We know <laughs> yep. that she's gone a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs here. And <laughs> we we don't we don't know anything about this guy other than okay he's an anthropologist he's yeah. stark raving mad at the beginning he dies and he in his transferring to where he whispers on the ear and I guess he bit her right he didn't he yeah actually I think so yeah, yeah. with her yeah. neck or ear because a little nibble yeah a little a little ear. nibble to the to the extent that she needs stitches yeah and when she starts having these visions now at first it's very first person POV she is inside his. Form, yeah. looking through because at one yeah. point she looks into the mirror and she sees his face as her yeah. own uh, so you know but what early on after because when we first see her as him i guess is the best way to put it <coughs> she he, she he is with <laughs> pierce brosnan's character's wife and they're looking yeah. at this new house in la and they're with the real estate the realtor and they come out of the house and the wife is dancing around and at some point though we go from being seen through pierce brosnan's eyes and we end up outside of him yeah i think it's when they when they walk out of the house mm -hmm. it i is. think is when we yeah now when we actually uh, normally i would be be very critical of that because to me the whole point was she's supposed to be in his head and she's in his head and you think about how you see the world you're not you don't unless you're looking in a mirror you're not observing yourself that being no, said, no, not really. That being said, due to the overall weird nature of this movie and the very fact that you're dealing with this, this sort of these disembodied spirits or whatever, I will cut it some slack. Now, I think they should have done something, sort of like in Hunt for Red October, which, speaking of, because John McTiernan directed that as well, there's a moment when they transition from Sean Connery's character speaking in Russian. Remember, and they like they push real tight on it, yeah, and they pull yeah. back, and it's this very subtle yeah. camera move, and then he's speaking English, and it's like we okay, I yeah. get it. We're, we're supposed to we we just transition. We now have got our yeah, our yeah. Russian to exactly. English translator on. Yeah, yep. 
So uh, I yeah, feel like exactly. they should have had that moment. Like maybe like when he looks into the mirror, she's like is startled. And, yeah, and and then you know what I mean like he stumbles back maybe and when he stumbles back her form is still in the mirror but now staring at him and his wife or something yeah you know I mean yeah I, I'm, yeah I'm they reaching. should have done it there yes yeah because yeah, I think yeah. then we would have had that like okay we get it she's a, she's there but she's yeah. almost like this disembodied spirit herself who's just stuck with them and is following him around yep yep agreed but. Because I, I, I read, uh, I don't know why I've been doing this. Lately. I've been going back and trying to find the reviews from that time period. I did that with Tough Turf. Uh, oddly enough, didn't do it with Hell Comes to Frog Down to figure why bother. <laughs> <laughs> but for this one, oh, I did. Go, yeah, Ebert's uh, thought so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I read yeah. his review for this one, and he hated this one too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, and and his and his re and he brought that up that that idea of it that being one of the more confusing aspects like wait a minute should we be seeing through his eyes and yeah yeah and i and i get it. i i totally i realize i am i'm playing devil's advocate here and giving mctiernan a pass when they should have addressed that yeah but but, uh, but uh, when the movie progresses i mean it, it, it they should have done it like that but i kind of you know as the movie uh plays along it kind of for, I don't know. Forget it or give yes. it a pass. I don't yes. know. It, it. You just, just, you just go with it. I think that's what I think. That's a good way of putting. It. I think there's enough weird, interesting things that happen. Yeah. That you do forget, and and it really, I actually found it more jarring when we would go from Brosnan's story to hers only because. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was supposed to be jarring, right? I mean, we're, we're yeah. supposed to feel what she's feeling, which is this sudden shift. We go from this intense hunt that he's in to find out who these urban nomads are because and we'll get to that in a minute but yeah. we you know, whenever yeah. we'd switch back and forth between the two parallel storylines uh, you were supposed to be a little confused or dizzy or i think so something like that i think he was kind of i don't i don't know what he was going for but it, it, might, it might be that I mean, I because thought, it was you, you know what this movie reminded uh, me of and i'm really glad we're doing this one together because we did phenomena uh, you remember we did phenomena aka creepers during the last uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 this yep. to me had it's that this movie had that dario argento i, I almost think of it as there, there's a lot of european horror films especially from the 70s and 80s where they have this dreamlike quality especially argento stuff right and that's what this movie felt like and looked like to me it had that grittier yeah, good point dream like feel like if you go with dream logic into this movie mm. it's fine like to me, if and that's what I I felt like I was willing to do early on. I hadn't read anything about it, so I just went into it with okay, let's use dream logic with this because yeah. truthfully, much like a movie like Parents, uh, which we talked about earlier before we start recording, and yeah. <laughs> um, movies like that where you could almost make an argument where was this all in her mind the whole time? Like, did, was it? Was yeah. she? Did any of this ever really happen? At all. Like, yeah, you could say, well, yeah. yeah, because the wife... Yeah, but think about it. She and the wife, when they end up together, it's just them, and like, you never have any... Yeah, fight. yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought about that, too, but, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a weird one. Yeah. And another word that's good to use there is actually exhausting. I mean, because she's she she's obviously not getting much sleep. Yeah. And uh, and uh, as we get into the... What, what he what he follows around. I mean, that's uh, goes on for more than a, 
uh, a little more than 30 hours that too i mean he's exhausted he's tired and uh-huh. the whole movie when you get to the end you are kind of exhausted yeah uh, and i think you're supposed to feel that i think so and i so let's go back just a little bit and so ultimately mm. we, we've established doctor is the parallel storyline this female doctor played by leslie and down flaxseed and she is taken on Pierce Brosnan, his memories, and he is no longer alive, but we're seeing everything essentially in flashback or, or as yeah. she's seeing it. Uh, at one point they are, they have her restrained in, in, a, in the hospital and they're doing some sort of tests on her. And what they're finding is even though she seems comatose, that she is experiencing things as if they are really happening like her, her, I guess her physiology, her her reaction, yeah, her, her body language and yeah, stuff everything. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's as, yeah. as if it's really happening. Something's happening right now, and so they they establish all this. And but of the two storylines, the more interesting one is obviously the Pierce Brosnan one. But I did like the parallel storyline, and I like that in general. I mean, that was one of the things about the original Stepfather. Not that I can even begin to compare it to the remake, but one of the things that I thought the original did much better was I liked the fact that in that one, you had a parallel storyline of somebody trying to track down yeah, the main character, exactly. the main character. And, and so I, I kind of like that because it gives you almost like gives you a break, gives you a reprieve to, to go back and forth. I like it. I realize a lot of people might yeah. not, but so, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to each his own, I say. So, yeah, exactly. so Pierce Brosnan's character, uh, what is it again? You, you say it better than I do. Even with like a fake, Jean 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 so John John and his wife are in their new house and they establish something weird is going on pretty early because yeah. I'm assuming it's their first night there they're unpacking and they're talking about uh, you know you know hamburger American and yeah. <laughs> and so they're, they're and, and and they're going before and I actually really liked them to get like I like the chemistry the acting I thought was really good in this movie too I mean everybody yeah yeah was really they, they come out everything's believable yes absolutely so they're you know unpacking and they're being playful and uh, they establish a image an image that she had found of him as a young boy at presumably some sort of either Catholic school or some boarding school run by nuns they didn't establish that beyond no, no, just. It's just- but it bothered him. Like you could see yep. he was bothered by the picture, even though there was nothing yeah. bad. About, no, I mean, seemingly awful about the picture. It's just a bunch of kids. No, it's a, it's a couple a group shot or something. Sure. Yeah. Like a school picture. And yeah, but he, yeah he seemed, uh, 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 it, it's more than a playful. Uh, he wanted, he runs after her and uh, wants her to give her the, the photo, but it's actually a little more serious. It, uh, I thought, well, wow, he's really, he's more serious on that than he needs to be about a, a stupid picture well and and that aspect of this movie is something i really like i like when a movie does not <clears throat> over explain all, all the little <clears throat> aspects of why a character does what they what they're doing or why something you know has happened like for instance we never get details per se about him doing his studies of anthropology in these other countries no. and the fact that he obviously had some experience with whatever these disembodied demonic things are but they never like they they hint at that 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 there was yep. a connection because the thing he whispers to flax dr flax is <laughs> is that he what is it um they are not they are not there they are Inuit. 
and no one yeah. knows what Inuit is. Ils sont pas là. Yeah. So uh, I, I love that you're here so you can, you know, class up the place. Thank you, Peter. Ils sont pas là. sont des Inuits. So everybody thinks no one seems to understand what the Inua, like they're no. trying to find what that word means. And yeah. but he says that's what he's saying is they are not there. They are yeah. Inua. And no yep. one knows what that means. And again, we'll go back. We'll get back to that in a second. But so there's this kind of this mystery. And you're, you're like, OK, what does that even mean? So yeah. he at his new home, he goes downstairs and goes out front and on the garage door. I assumed at first it was blood, but it may have been just red spray paint. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's a, it's a kill pig. It was, it was sex, death, yeah, pigs, yeah. kill. So yeah, it's completely pigs, nonsense as far as... At first you just see it says pigs, kill. And I'm not... Yeah. You know, but then it's like sex, death, pigs, kill. And I don't know if that had some kind of meaning or... Pigs might be a cop. Yeah, uh, but he wasn't yeah, a cop. Uh, he was an anthropologist, no. so... <laughs> and again, it, it's, uh, it kind of plays into that. You don't really get an explanation for for what those th those words mean sure and so he comes out and he sees this sort of a, a cro it's sort of like mr t's van midas the red stripe yeah it's this black just a black van just yeah and it has that very it looks like the a-team van a little bit and there's these yeah. punk kids in silhouette on the end of the street partying. Well, they had established them earlier because I like that his wife had, when she was dancing around when they were first seeing the house, she had gone to the street. And very shortly after she got out of the street, this van went screaming past, right? Yeah. Now, interesting. Yeah, and the realtors, what is it? The freaks? Yeah, something she, she freaks. Them. But, isn't yeah. It, but she, she saw them. Yeah. She did see them, which is, we'll get back to why that seems to be a, why that mm. why that might or might not matter but yeah. she seemed to see them and the wife did seem to notice them as well so the implication though is that they are the ones that have put this graffiti this va vandalism on his garage door so yep. his wife comes down she's upset he sends her back in he opens the garage door up i guess to bring the car in just in case he's afraid they'll vandalize the car but as soon as he does this i thought was pretty effective he opens it up and to amplify right. the creep factor is they've Dunn's vandalism on the inside. What do they? I don't remember. What do they? I'm sure I have it in my notes. But uh, something with hero, uh, a name, and then hero. Oh, that's right. It was. Um, oh, it was like it. Gitman's or something. Hero. You're right. You're absolutely. Yeah, something right. man. Hero. Yeah, it, it's it's a name and then hero. I think Gutman's uh, what, a, Gutman's a hero. Yeah, so, yeah, something like this, to that effect. And then there's a, a the bloody carpet in front that he rolls up and he finds the the, the newspaper clippings about the. Uh, apparently, there's been a. Uh, a murder has happened in the, in the house. Pretty bloody murder. In yeah, the house. mutilated children, and, I believe, was yeah. something was mentioned. Yeah. So it's it's almost like I don't know. They they call it a shrine of sorts or something like that. Yes, it does have a shrine but, feel, and somebody's written "Welcome" yeah. on one yeah. of the clippings. And so I, I, he comes out and he says, he goes down, and he looks at them again, and isn't that about the time where he says they're attracted to the kind of to yeah, himself? He yeah. goes, they're attracted to the house. There's a, there's a creep factor to this movie that's uh, very high. Yeah, because if again, but, you go dream logic and don't really. Yeah. Because it doesn't. It's almost like David Lynch kind of. Yeah. That, you know, that where you're like, I know this means something. If I could just figure yeah. out what it means. Yeah, exactly. You sit there thinking, what the hell? Yeah. So, but yeah, they're attracted to the house or something like that. Yeah, and so and so the the the, the miscreants, the punks. We don't again. We don't ever get that clear shot of them at first. They go off. Well, he agrees 
to go inside. He goes with his wife. He's going to go upstairs, presumably to make love to his wife. And they're halfway up the stairs. And this is a, this is a great shot because the way this house is very. 80s to me it's it's sort of similar to the freeling house and poltergeist like whenever i see that house in poltergeist to me that is my that that's what i visualize as an 80s all-american suburb like there's something yeah. about that look i never lived in a neighborhood exactly like that but in my mind that's what it's and this house has that same sort of feel to it i guess the the, the angles yeah. and the design and Almost like the like a end of the like a suburb, you know, the end of the road. You have to go around because the the van keeps rolling oh, the cul-de-sac. back and forth. Yeah, they they've got yeah. the cul-de-sac. Yeah, exactly, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, and right. and and so he goes back upstairs, and he's kind of you could tell he's oh, yeah, I'm over it. These obviously guys are just messing with us, and yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna pull this off. This is not a big deal. But you can see it it got under his skin. He knows yeah. something we don't know. So he goes starting upstairs. Well, he the way they're. And this is a great design on this house because it really sets things up nicely. So especially for later on in the movie, so that the characters are able to see things that are uber creepy. And he's halfway up the stairs and you can see through. It's not really a skylight, but it's like almost as if you can imagine you're going up the stairs and the front door would be maybe, I don't know, seven to ten feet in front of the foot of the staircase and above that there would be a type of like ceiling and the sharp angle so that then would go up uh, like almost like a not cathedral ceiling but something like that where it kind of angles up and there's a window like almost like a skylight type window yeah you can see the 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 street street. yeah Yeah. from the stairs like if you Uh, went down the stairs you were more than halfway down the stairs you wouldn't see through this window in the street yeah but halfway or more up, you can see it. So he look, turns, but out of the corner of his eye, well, first he doesn't see it, we see it. The camera, as they're walking up, goes over to the window, and you see the van. And I think the lights that's may have slowly. been off. Slowly, just creeping yeah. past the house. You're like, dude, that's creepy. Yeah, I know. And then he comes, <laughs> he, 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 he sees it through the corner of his eyes. Yes, and he turns and he, around. Yeah. Yeah. But he never, he never lets, uh, oh, what is her name? Nikki. Yes, his, his wife. wife. Yeah, he says he's going down for a glass of wine or something. Oh, she grabbed me one, too. And he says, yeah, okay. And then he starts out to the kitchen. But when she goes up the stairs, he goes back to check out the window. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't like that house. Yeah, that was, but, it was a great, but it's a brilliant. I don't know if the house is actually yeah. that way or they you know, made it look, made it do that. But it yeah, was it was a know. wonderful layout for you yeah. know, and it set those moments up mm-hmm. nicely. So then he decides because he can't let go of his uh, anthropologist curiosity mm. and apparently didn't hear about what it did to that old cat. So he <laughs> grabs his camera, which is awesome. It's like a Pentax and Nikon. And it's 35 millimeter, the old school camera product, product placement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, but I still love seeing <laughs> yeah, analog technology product placement yeah. or not. Uh, and uh, so he, he grabs the camera, he grabs film. He's got that yeah, really film, just, just the film. I you know, you, you love to see analog. Just the fact that he, he, he cracks open the, the box of film. Just, oh yeah. That was just, wow. Yeah. I remember doing that. So, I mean, Oh yeah. Kids of today. We still uh, have the camera that I use. It was my dad's is Olympus and it's from I think he bought it probably in the early eighties. And so yeah. it's that thirty five millimeter and he's got the the lens. I mean, I suppose I could get film for it now if I really wanted to, but the one thing I do remember about that is it's kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> so, I know. I, 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 I still have my dad's camera. Yeah, I have my dad's camera still. So uh-huh. <laughs> and it 
then yeah, it just sits here because it's it's yeah. an, it's a nice showpiece. It's like a nice little yeah. decorative thing. Yeah, so, I love to fondle it once in a while. Yeah, yeah, of course you got to fondle your camera. Yeah. You know, yeah, of course. You know, flip your so. shutter and all that. So, <laughs> so he takes his camera. He's sneaking out. His wife comes down. Uh, by the way, she may get the reward for the most tolerant spouse in yeah. history of cinema because yeah. like, like she's like oh okay i let you go and, mm. <laughs> i won't be long yes and, and so and he also didn't tell her about the newspaper clippings that said a uh, horrific no. murder had happened in the house oh it's nothing i promise it's nothing don't even worry about it <laughs> yeah. oh, it's nice it's yeah. clean yes yes yeah so sure. so he, he goes out on the town and they had this whole montage where he's following the punks this is what in the van. One of my favorite uh, favorite aspects of the movie is actually this, the, just him following them around and just observing them. I, I love that shot. Mm-hmm. And the really fantastic, and we'll have to get into who it was later, but the fantastic guitar riff music cues, like they, mm-hmm. they had this 80s, just awesome it really i wouldn't call it metal because it's not really metal but it's hard rock yeah music cues with a with these guitar riffs and, I, and yeah, i'll play wait, i'll get... play i'll put it in post but i'll, I'll play yeah. it real quick and everybody will have heard it by now and <laughs> so yeah. they can hear what it sounds like but I, it kind of it kind of the the the, the gang's theme yeah, music. I like that, yeah. and I know it's 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 yeah. very dated. I get it, but I don't know. I have something about that I like. I like the as he's following them through parks, and what I loved is he's following them like some kind of it's like the strip, you know. The uh, yeah. and it's so and it's everything is very. What I love about those moments in these movies is it's a record of a time, and yes, it is. And in the like in Heavenly Kid, there's those moments where they're mon- the montage of them driving around in the car, and and if you, I like to pay attention to the signs and the buildings around them, realizing most of that's probably gone. Yeah, probably. And and you know, occasionally you'll catch, occasionally you'll catch like a movie theater, and uh, you know you'll see what was playing, and that's always fun. Or there's movie posters that were maybe painted to to a wall or something in the background, stuff like that. I just love that yeah. because yep. again, you go back to. If you want, what's, it is, it, that's a great, it's a cinematic time capsule. So yeah. this has yeah. that, and I love that aspect of it too. So you were saying you love the fact that they, yeah, that the, just the, the, the whole, yeah, the whole sequence. He falls, he, he takes uh, photos of them, uh, lots of photographs, and they just, they just drive around. Stop, they stop once in a while, but uh, it, it's just him following them around and then. Uh, he makes a, a note on his paper uh, uh, as he's following them around. He says he writes "sleep" and a uh, question mark. Yeah, and I was thinking, because, neither do you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know, but I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's something about it. it's the, the whole concept in, in following them and not knowing what the hell they are. But yet he knows uh, more than uh, we do, and I, I guess, yeah. what, and 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 again. It would be easy to be critical and say, well, yeah, because you, know, you leave the audience in the dark. And, but, but I personally liked that there was this whole mystery around all Like, I mean, he knows something we don't know. And, and he's I want to know what it is. Exactly. And I love yeah. that it was almost like he was trying less trying to find out what they were and more trying to prove to himself that it couldn't possibly be true. What he was yeah. what he was suspecting. Yeah. Good point. And I was. Yeah, I suppose that the, the music helps uh, making this sequence good too, because the the music plays well constantly in this scene. Oh, sure. 
Yeah, it was it was mostly music. I mean, there was virtually yeah. no dialogue. No, but and you, it's it's. I mean, it's not just. Uh, I mean, uh, to give the the listeners a bit of how long this sequence. Well, not how long the sequence is, but how long it's supposed to to last. I mean, it starts out uh, during the night. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not uh, he's not home until it's uh, the next day. Yes. I think it's. I think it's, I think they say something more. It's more than thirty hours or something. Yeah, it's something that is said to that effect of him. Which yeah. is and interesting because you made the point that the doctor at the beginning wasn't it implied that she hadn't slept for about that long? Yeah, which exactly. would mean if she's having those memories that she's not sleeping either. Technically, yeah, yeah. So she's living that. So she as a her phys her physical body hasn't been so, fully yeah. rested for almost a week. <laughs> No, exactly. No, but uh, but uh, the the way that he follows them and sees that they, I mean, they assault one guy, uh, beating the shit out of him and throws him uh, throw him in a dumpster. Yeah, that was actually I I would done. Did they kill him? Because they're like beating him yeah. in the head. Yeah, I know. With was I don't know what the hell they were beating him with. Not not a fist. It was something they used like to a beat a pipe him. or something. I mean, it was it was yeah. from it was from far away. And this is and then of course he this is where he exposes himself to them because yeah. well, not not literally <laughs> not yet anyway no. that comes later. Well, nope. uh, <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> that's just that's just for the audience. So yeah. yeah, he he yells out, you know, stop, and they turn. Yeah. Were you thinking the same thing? I was thinking, what the hell are you doing? I, I guess I well, yes I was like dude really why just why 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 did you just do that but at the same time right. if you're so, I, I think if there's that sense of okay am I gonna sit here and watch them kill this guy yeah I know yeah I mean uh, common sense says you, you you have to common sense I, said I wouldn't have followed them to begin with well, but yeah. Yeah, you would have sex with your wife instead I mean that <laughs> I would have, have been I, less painful I would have not. <laughs> <laughs> set out into the night with my no. my Pentax and Nikon and taking pictures of of the uh, okay. what was yeah. that <laughs> instead of common sense com- common decency then yeah but of course yeah yes so, would have tried to stop them but that actually sets up a really great suspenseful moment where they yeah. come after him and oh yeah and I think is is this the moment where we're supposed to think that based on what we learn later that they became aware of him being aware of them or, uh, or is it supposed uh, yeah. to be a little bit later on? Be, and the reason why I bring that up is because obviously they go after him. He hides under a car. Yeah. Now they stop at that car, which isn't their yeah, car. I think they actually sit on it too. Yeah. I think they do. They sit on, you see their feet dangling down. Like yeah. you were with him and it's great because yeah. they all sit on it, which makes the car press down yeah, tight on him. <laughs> Which is I, that, I was like, oh, please don't pull off. Oh man, <laughs> no, that would end badly. So he ends Oops. up getting away, though, right? He gets away. It's still nighttime, and he does follow them to. I want to say it was the next, the, the next morning. They're harassing this guy, like throwing a trash can or a barrel or something on his car, but they're not physically assaulting him. There is, no, no. but it's that early morning. And I also love that in movies too, where characters have been up all night and they get that golden hour, early morning, right around sunrise time. And something about that transition. I, I don't know why I've always like, had this feeling for, so I liked in this movie, how that happens, that, that it's you, we carry through, like you said, into the day, he follows yeah. them some more. He follows them to some sort of, I don't know, boardwalk, yeah, yeah, where they sit and 
basically pose for the camera. Yeah, well, that well, here's the thing: none of them acted like they recognized him or, or saw no. acknowledge him. He's walking around, he's eating a hot dog, and he's got his one arm folded sort of across his chest, let's say, and yeah, his hand is hidden. Holding yeah, the camera. yeah, with like a with a jacket hanging over and, yeah. and his left free hand he's holding the hot dog and the right hand he's got the camera he's kind of hiding it almost like under his armpit and he's walking yeah. by just kind of click 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 taking shots yeah. and Poor man's paparazzi stuff, <laughs> style <laughs> exactly so <laughs> but the the one known as number one who was did you catch who that was yes of course it's adamant yes i have a couple of his records on the vinyl i think so yep. he is the only one, and it, it's a creepy moment because he's sitting up against some, almost like on a railing, and his back's against yeah. some kind of pole. And he's it looks like he's asleep at first, but if, as the camera slowly moves by, as if we're supposed to be seeing it through Pierce Brosnan's eyes, we go by and we realize he's got one eye shut and the other one open, and he's just yeah. following him. And it's creepy because it's, yeah. he's aware now. He knows this guy's doing something. Well, Brosnan it's almost like he knows that uh, that he's taking pictures. Yes, and he's not. He just. It, it's almost like he. I wonder. I think that must be the moment that he's like whatever those things are that yeah. they are now going to be aware of him because even though they were aware of him enough to do what they did to his house, right? Yeah. So he goes home, apologizes to his wife. He's been gone for a long time. He goes ahead and has to uh, develop. I forgot what the word because it's been so long since I've done it. And they had yeah. to develop the pictures. <laughs> yeah, develop the, the movie. Uh, the movie. Yeah. The film role. Yeah, same. Six, six film role. <laughs> so he gets the pictures done. Well, when he does, he looks at them and what? There's nothing there. Well, there's uh, everything is there except uh, the, ones, the ones he took pictures of. Yeah, it's as if they weren't in the shot. There's just no, like uh, like vampires and mirrors. Yes, as you, the first thing I thought of is wow. I wonder if whatever they are is maybe the you you know the idea that all legends come from some other legend and it yeah, kind yeah. of carries on. Like, could they be where the idea for vampires came from? As far as the you can't get reflection and you can't yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, they're not in the pictures. They're completely missing. Yeah, just and, pictures of buildings more or less and, yeah. and, and the railing and that there's nothing it was kind of creepy and i guess isn't it the next is it the next night that he follows them again and he ends up in that area where or was it that same i can't remember if it was that night or the same night where he is in the alleyway and he's taking their pictures and adam ant is uh, you know leaning up in that door stoop area yeah. and it's yeah. almost like you realize he's actually turning his head one way and then the other and see, so he's giving him different profile shots. Yeah, and, yeah, posing. Yeah, it's like just you just take pictures. It doesn't really matter. I think it must have it's been like, that same night. Yeah, I think so. It's like a uh, you do what you think you're doing, something like that. But it, it's uh, I don't know a feeling of arrogance or something. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's creepy. It, yeah, <laughs> and then he tells. Uh, well, he doesn't tell because they don't speak. Yeah. Uh, he just uh, motions to uh, uh, to one of the what does she refer to? Dancing Mary? Is yes, that what Dancing she's Mary, who was played by, yeah. by... Uh, 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 Warrenoff. Uh, yeah, Mary Warrenoff. Mary Warrenoff. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, and she does this dance on top of the car, very seductive, uh, and he takes a lot of pictures. Uh, cool scene, actually. But did you did did you take a good look at her? Yes. And that scene. Oh wow, that is that, oh that is scary as hell. <laughs> She does no. I'm not even. She's a beautiful woman, but she, she, she she's 
no. Yeah, she's, she's scary in this one. Yeah, she's creepy. Yeah, there's a definite. Yeah. Well, then the whole thing's just weird because they're dancing and the the other girl in the in the, in the group comes up and is got the radio and she's and and he's basically surrounded, and yeah. it's almost as if he realizes he's in danger and he's still going to take the pictures and he's going to, and, and they're all within feet of each other and he's he has to fix the camera and you know redo the film or put some new film in it and. Yeah, and they just stopped the music. Yeah, yeah. So it's. it's I, I, was, I thought uh, he must be pissing his pants by now. Yeah, I, I definitely would. So, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, they they keep going on. We start to. I think we do have maybe do at any point in that did we go back to the doctor? I don't think we did. I think we don't go back to her for quite a while till we no, get closer not, to the no, end. No, no, she's kind of. It's almost. It's like when you do get back to her, it's kind of jarring because you've been so you've been. Uh, following uh, Pierce Brosnan's yeah. Yeah. Uh, and those, uh, I don't know, figures, uh, spirits around. Yes. For so long that when you do finally get back to her, it's like, oh, wow, okay. I, I almost forgot about you. I know what it is. I think we do get back to her friend, her colleague, the other doctor, the female doctor. Oh, who, yeah, the, who, the one who swears a lot. Yes, the one who swears a lot. And she, yeah. it's always you have three storylines in a way. Yeah. She ends up, she's trying to track her friend down, Dr. Flax, and she goes to Flax's apartment and gets, uh, yeah, yeah. And gets on the she phone. To the, yeah. And somebody calls while they're there. And this person, by the way, it turns out, I don't know if you read that in the trivia, that was actually John McTiernan doing the Yeah, voice. I know. <laughs> doing the, the yeah. So that's, doing pretty, the that's, that's a pretty cool yeah. little, you know, tr- trivia thing. And, yeah. but he tells her. And also putting yourself in your first movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tar- Tarantino did it. At least, I know. At least, at least McTiernan had the good sense to stay on the phone. So, <laughs> so, wow. so, so ultimately, she finds out that the friend does through this person that Flax had, that Flax had called somebody in, back in Boston where she was originally from, presumably, that knows what the Inuit might be, and yeah. he, and he tells her, yeah, that there's some kind of uh, evil nomadic spirits that are well, they're. I don't know if you learn it from him, but uh, if you find it out later, I don't. I'm not sure. They're they're attracted to sites of uh, violence know, or murder or violence and stuff like that or bad things. So that's that's why they're well. That's why they're there. Yes, with, with the house, which would explain why Brosnan's character said they're attracted to the house early on. Yeah, yeah, because something bad happened there. Sure, and and so, the fact that he made the assumption that they might be into it early on. I, I, it makes me assume that he had some history with them. Yeah, so, I mean they they travel around the world, and you see you see from some of his photographs on the world that he has been up in the Arctic somewhere, yeah. uh, Canada, Greenland, or whatever. Yeah, and uh, had taken pictures of them, mm-hmm. or at least uh, the the Inuits. Yes, so he not Eskimos because Eskimos is a derogatory term. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so so th- then it gets to me the part where I actually thought was really creepy. The na- I believe it's the next night. He's he's following them again. He does this thing too, by the way, that I don't know why they do this in movies. Always drives me crazy. I'm like, why would you do that? He ends up in a park. He's following. He sees uh, one of them in, the, in silhouette. And it was like the, one of those cool moments. And we also get the cool guitar riff again where they go behind a tree and then they never come out the other side, and he walks up, and there's mm-hmm. nobody there, which I always thought that's a cool moment. But then he's yeah. going down the sidewalk, and he, the van 
is slowly coming up from the background. And he sees it and he takes off. He runs into a guy. He takes off. And then he does this thing that people always in foot on foot in these movies do, which is he runs down the middle of the freaking road with a van chasing him. Why wouldn't uh-huh. you at least attempt to get off of the road, to go onto the sidewalk, I something? I understand that maybe they could crush you into the wall, but... I thought the exact same thing. And I mean, it's not like he was... Right. I mean, if they wanted to run him over, they could have easily done it yeah. because they're right behind him. Yeah, they were toying with him, and I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, but, like, yeah. I don't know that as I'm running, so I am not running in the middle of the freaking road. Oh, but, you tried to go somewhere where a van can't drive. Exactly. Which you, well, well, he does go down some, some stairs. Well, it, he does. He actually jumps over like yeah. an, a little ledge and go, drops maybe a good, what, almost 10 feet, 8 to 10 feet. That's uh, a pretty good drop. Yep. And, and you're... Okay, he so. does, and when I that at that moment, I actually wrote down in my notes one of the things that you could see in McTiernan doing because one of the great things to me about Die Hard is that you have a hero who gets hurt and gets hurt yeah. badly and it yep. is is injured and a lot of movies, especially eighties action movies, the hero seemed like they were impervious to most things. So I liked that he had what, his hero what, do Rambo? that. Yeah, I know, hard to believe. Oh, the first, no, the original First Blood, he does get injured. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. that's a movie unto itself almost. Like, you always have to yeah. take that without the other, the, the other ones in consideration. So mm-hmm. he falls he falls down, hurts himself. Now, I will point out that that limp goes away pretty fast, considering I would assume he Yeah, it does, yeah. But, all right, but he's hurt for a while. He, he establishes that he can get hurt. Yes. And there's some really great visual moments of as he's running down like, these very narrow, almost alleyways. Oh, yeah. Did a, you call the kid where he's running in silhouette? Oh, it was great. That was that very is, cool. I, I was, I was almost wow. That woke, uh, almost woke me up. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, no yeah. I don't mean it like that. Well, but, of course uh, not. It was a no. very good. The, job. Co- the coffee and cocaine took care of that. Well, uh, well, one or the other. Sure. So, so, so no, but uh, I mean, uh, I mean that show, it was a narrow. I don't know between two. Oh, buildings. two buildings. Yeah, very tight. It's more than an, it's less than an alleyway. It's it's like maybe. Four feet wide. It's very just yeah. small space. But the way they backlit it and he's running yeah, and through. running in silhouette is beautiful shot. It, it was a really great shot. Yeah. And, and it was very dreamlike. Again, it's that, yep. the, that idea Again. this whole movie is almost like a dream. Yep. And then he ends up. <laughs> in Creepville. <laughs> yes. So he ends. That's the, he, the same building they were sitting in front of when he took their picture. Yes. And they do a great job of he runs. He He's hiding from the van. He sneaks into this building. And the camera just kind of slowly pulls back and over to the right so that you see the building number and you realize, oh, that's where the, they were earlier yeah. when he was taking the pictures yep. and he got the dance show and everything else. So he goes <clears> inside and he's there by himself. It's quiet, except he's not by himself. No, he's not. Because the creepy nun is there. It's always... And he know, and she knows her his name. Yeah. She knows his name. Well, well here's the thing. Oh. So he see at first she comes out of the shadows and you don't see her face at all. Nope, and nope, she nope, tells nope. him she has something that he could use that they cut the power off, that no one's taking care of the building. She's mm-hmm. there by herself. And she goes to hand him this flashlight and he's very hesitant because and they were reminded of that picture from early on. He has, has this thing with nuns. And so yeah. but she steps forward. His he has a sense of relief. So it's obviously not he assumed it was gonna be maybe the nun from his picture. Yeah. And it wasn't, and but she's. I assumed from in that moment she was blind. Yeah, yeah. So she says, but, but "I won't she, really need. It. I don't. I don't need it." And you can no, see her eyes. It, no. Her eyes look. They, they like they're kind of filmed over. Yeah, like milky. Yes. Well, yeah, but she still knows his name. Yes, yes, she knows his name, and and it see that would have been the point that I would have pulled a you know, road runner and. 
I would have I would have eaten myself out through the door yes. to get away from it. Would have been a Bugs Bunny. It's an uh, old abandoned building, which I have visited a few. Mm-hmm. And whenever there's a creepy nun, you don't stop and have casual conversation. Never. Especially if they say your name. Never. So, <laughs> especially when you have a history, apparently, with uh, with, with nuns. So, and of course, the uh, the nun was played by Frances Bay. Did you recognize her? Uh, yeah, I've seen her before, but I can't place she her. Is, she is, just like you have the guy who was in that thing, she's the lady who was in that thing. She was in Karate Kid. Remember, she's the, the little lady when he first shows up at the apartments. Are you from Reseda? You remember the the one sitting like oh, in the lawn chair? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, she was in Blue Velvet. I don't remember who she was in Blue Velvet, but she was in Blue uh, Velvet. And then uh, Happy Gilmore. I think she. Uh, I think she was his grandmother. Remember when Bill Stiller always does like the motion, yeah. like he's gonna. <laughs> in the she was, I have to go back to those. Yeah, but so, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's Francis Bay. It's a name you recognize. And so, as soon as you see her, you're like, oh yeah, seen her in a bunch of stuff. Yep. So she was really effective. So he, he ends up taking the flashlight. She leaves the room and she had made the comment again that she was there by herself and that she'd be joining the other sisters soon, which is kind of an ominous, creepy thing to say. And, she, and she, well, she tells him about the things he I mean, they, they that they're now aware of him being aware of them. And yeah, stuff. well, that and, what I was going to say is, so he she kind of disappears, and I think, okay, well, obviously she must be some kind of ghost, and she's just gone. Well, oh yeah, she, yeah, she leads him to the kitchen. To, yeah, and, he follows uh, she her. Wants some tea or something. Yeah, yeah. So she she's going to make him some tea, and that's when she starts talking about what you're saying, which mm-hmm. is the idea of she tells him that the, uh, presumably the Inuit or whatever they're called or Inua. <laughs> that, that that they are aware of him now and that he has to run if he's never yeah. run away from anything in his life he has to run away from this and it's so yeah. now is it me or did the milkiness of her eyes change because i could have sworn it looked like her eyes were normal oh well, i don't uh, i don't remember I, just, I was just i was cringing in the sofa yeah because so, it was creepy uh... But, yeah, it was. but it really amps but up it, the creepy factor. It gets factor. worse. It gets yeah. way worse on that because <laughs> she ends up, after she gives him this whole thing, which obviously is this expositionary, it was a good way to do the exposition. Sorry for the dog barking in the background. Uh, it's, a, it's a good way to do the exposition because it's creepy. So the atmosphere yeah, and everything of it. And it it's, a good way to, it's a good way to... To, to kind of further the story and, and say stop looking into this you you you're not supposed to just just run like you've never run before. Well, i always just felt to, like it was not even just stop looking to this just stop you're, you're done dude they know you're looking yeah. you know who they are and that's all it takes yeah. they will never stop hunting you down mm-hmm. which is creepy in and of itself so as, oh, he, yeah. as he goes to leave the the nunnery uh-huh. uh it's so creepy <laughs> a bunch of other nuns appear out of nowhere out of the shadows Run. yeah running and they don't look that normal no, either you get glimpses and flashes mm. literally in one case i think one of them like rips open her you know gown or whatever and yeah. it's real quick there's all like in the shadows and they're running at him and and well, first i think the first thing when he comes around the corner is he sees feet dangling and they're swaying just so so you yeah, know someone's hung themselves now presumably i assumed that was the nun who yeah, the nun was, was, he was talking to yeah yes and so ultimately all they come out of nowhere and they're like surrounding him and he ends up escaping well, actually i think actually doesn't he just no, they're no. all gone that's right that's right oh yeah you tell him what he happened wakes I, up in the car yeah he smashes his forehead yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i would have done that too uh, yeah but that means was, the whole thing a, was a dream a, right 
Yeah, he thinks it's all a dream. So here's what's weird. It's it's, it's like morning now. It's like that was all at night. Now it's back to the next morning. He's in the driveway of his house. Yeah, I know. And it's as if and the door and the garage doors down. It still says those words across the front. <laughs> and it's like he was so startled awake. He smashed his forehead into the dry uh, the windshield, which was a great. You never really see that in a movie, right? He was, just, oh, but this is, like, yeah. he was so violently woken up that he just smashes into it, and he. You. Yeah. More of stumbles out of the car. Well, first, isn't he? There's somebody shows up behind him yeah. in the car. Yeah, one of the, yeah, the other girl uh, from. Uh, uh, well, he he thinks he sees her, but she she's kind of the only one who ever utters something. She kind of laughs and chuckles her style, uh, and, and that's what he hears. He turns around, and she's there, and then she's not. But the move that he makes to get out of the car was like a ninja. Uh, it was like the most yeah, ninja slick stage. Roll. It was weird. <laughs> it was like <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like he he was so clumsy and and just awkward in how he woke up. Yet he like just I, I can't even describe it. Like he throws the door open all one movement, almost like it was like some sort of just martial arts. Yeah, you know, Jet Li. Try not do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. But he gets out of the car and he gets up and who's standing in the middle of the road? Number one, Adam. not number two. Number one. Nope. Number two would have been creepy. Yeah, would have been stinky anyway. And stinky. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So Adam Ant is standing there. Yes, and just like smiling at him. Yeah. And, and so and it was and it's awesome because he looks at him, they look kind of look at each other, and Brosnan goes to the back of the car and he pulls out a tire iron. And he doesn't come up at doesn't go toward him, but he just kind of takes it and just starts walking up towards his house, starts going up the stairs, and Adam yeah. Ant's character starts oh, following yeah. him. And he's right behind him. It's not oh. like he's following him uh, him kind of uh, at a distance. He's right behind he he kind of very quickly moves up right behind him. And I was like, uh, I, I mean, uh, again, with the creep factor, I think, oh, God damn it. Just just beat the snot out of him, which he does. Yes. So, yeah, so Brosnan swing, turns around suddenly, and I, when you say you're right, he, he's right behind Brosnan. Yeah. And, like, just an inch from the back of his head. Brosnan turns around, just violently hits him, knocks him back. And that's the thing. It's, I was like, oh, wow. So, okay, the guy's obviously physically there because he's getting <clears throat> assaulted. And and the guy is busted in the head, but he kind of looks up and smiles at Brosnan. And then they end up across the street. Brosnan pummels him, presumably kills him. Yeah. Because the guy slumps to the ground and he leaves him there. And then now that was can, daytime, right? So he, and then what I'm trying to remember. So he drops. No, it's, uh, it's no, no, it's still night. Was it night at this point? I thought it yeah, was day because, again. Uh, no, that, that's when he goes up and he. That's right. You're right. Rips, you're right. I had it in my head it was daytime, and it was. See, this is this movie messes with you. And he drops <laughs> yeah, the tire yeah. and right like there, and I'm thinking, okay, so you're just going to leave the murder weapon at the scene. Well, that's convenient. They'd cross the street oh, from your oh. own house. That's going to be hard for the cops to figure this one out. And yep. <laughs> so, so he goes upstairs, and this is the moment where he gets up in the window and he looks down, and he can still see the yep. body there. And he exposes himself. Well, more or less. yeah, he rips well. his clothes off, and. It was funny is I think one of the things I read talked about, you know, the fact that you see uh, uh, James Bond's license to kill, Don't. so to speak. <laughs> Why this movie the would have been weapon. named Gonads. The you don't really. Weapon. It's like he's like kind of it's so heavy in shadow. I mean, yeah. you know, he's full on naked, naked. You can tell that. Yeah. And but he does turn around. He gets in. Well, he gets into bed with his wife. He starts, I guess, having, I don't know, guilt, anger, sex. I am not sure what that was about. Yeah, it is weird. And he passes and out. Yeah, and whimpering too, and then he passes out, and then it's morning. Morning. He goes to the window, and the body's gone. Yeah, but wait, then, but wait. 
We uh, waited enough. Okay, okay, yeah, let's do it. You tell yeah. them what happens. This is um, Weirdsville Part Two. It's a good way to put it, right? Uh huh. Oh, I think so. Because all of a sudden we see Eileen Flax standing there by the window, uh huh, wrapped in a sheet. Yep. And I was thinking, what? And to make it even weirder, she's not alone. I know. The wife's there. Yes. And And Brosnan's wife. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, Dr. Flax looks at the bed. It is crumpled up. And it's kind of like she thinks, did did we? And then the the wife says, no, you slept on the couch. That she showed up in the middle of the night or something. Yeah, that you show up in the middle of the night and you seem to know a lot about my husband. And I, I, yeah. I would also assume that she may have known that this was the doctor that had treated yeah. her husband. That would make sense that she would know that. But, and, and, and this transition, not only you get back to the doctor, you yeah. kind of travel. Uh, you're, you're ahead of time yeah. again. Yeah. And it, this part messed. You were like, oh, wait, did, did I fall asleep? What the hell? I had to rewind. Yeah. I think okay, so I didn't miss anything. What, yeah. Why? What? Oh, so yeah, yeah it, uh, it it messes with you. Yeah, and and then you know they they have this whole moment, and she you know, the Flax seems to be coming back to her senses to some degree, but not exactly. Yeah. And then, but then she she realizes she's about to, I guess, make the mind trip one more time, and she <laughs> they she ends up with Nikki. She's back in Brosnan's world, and they're on. The top of a, I presume, some sort of skyscraper overlooking the Los Angeles skyline. Yeah. And they're they're there and they have some conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And then the spirits are there. Well, one or two of them are. Yes. The the, the guy with the ponytail. And he ends up, again, much like Adam Ant's character did, he gets in between... Brosnan and he, and uh, Nikki, his wife, his wife, and he's like he's yeah. like pushing. Them. They're only like a foot or two apart, and he kind of pushes him. He's like, yeah. like staring at Brosnan, smiling, and Brosnan does again like, th- this ninja move. <laughs> yeah, lifts him up and just throws the guy over. Yeah, and the guys and that was creepy because as the guy's following, it's very Hitchcockian, right? We see yeah. over Brosnan's smiling. shoulder, he's like falling, you know, yeah. down, and, and kind of like the uh, was it the end of North by Northwest, right, where the guy's falling at down Mount Rushmore, and I'm trying to remember yeah. which one has the guy falling out of the Statue of Liberty. Isn't there one Hitchcock with uh, a yeah, uh, is that sabotage? It might be. It's one, one of, of it's one of those. Yeah. Saboteur, right? it, saboteur or sabotage? I'm not sure which yeah. one of them. Are. Calling all y'all, it's a sabotage. So, the, <laughs> so he's falling, <laughs> and but, yeah, but he's Great smiling. Or maybe even yeah, you know, know what just occurred to me? That's totally big spoiler for Die Hard. If you haven't seen it, which is just sad. Oh uh, yeah, it's the end of Die Hard. Yeah, it is. Minus the fact that that character's not smiling. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because he realizes that it's going to hurt like a yeah. mother when he hits the ground. Nobody, yeah. and he smiles. And again, the creepiness, because when he's falling, not only does he smile, he doesn't make a sound. And here's my theory. I think that these things know that everything, every time they get him to do something violent against them, they're bringing him, they, they are able they're, to. They're hauling him in more or yes, less. Yes, that that's yeah, what it is. Him. They know that if we can get him to do these things, we're connecting him more and more to us. That's the way I'm taking it. Yeah. Because they seem really and happy. They, yeah. And I mean, and, and the, uh, another thing, this is so fast and so quiet. Yeah. His wife doesn't even notice. She, I mean, this apparently is, she doesn't see him. Does. Which, going back to the beginning, the fact that it's you got the impression that the realtor and 
the wife at that time saw the van, so they did. They have seen some sort of physical manifestation yeah, well, of these they, they people. They never. They, they they saw the van, but did they ever see the 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 box? Yeah, uh, you don't know. No. So I mean, yeah. well, she calls them freaks. It, it, so I guess she would have just yeah, been well, going. Maybe she has seen them, so you yeah. never know. Yeah. But it, again, it's a it's a. Well, we used this word when we talked about parents, or Jason did. It's a mind fuck. This movie is. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So yeah. they they throw they throw him over. Oh uh, well, oh, sorry, Mr. Sorry. Pommier does. Yes, that's right. He throws the the guy, and now we're back. If I remember correctly, we're back to Doxville. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Doxville. <laughs> <laughs> and now it gets. I honestly think this is probably my overall favorite part of the movie because she now has realized. Okay, these punks right adam and the ants and the punks are mm. this inuit demon spirit things and they're coming after her and they're coming they were after him they were they they came and she actually was she also experiences his basically beat down that led to him dying so we see flashes of that and yeah. she witnesses it and realizes they're coming after nikki because she's aware of them and they're coming yeah, after yeah, the doctor because, because she she's aware. Them, uh, yeah. Yes. So the fact that they are aware of them is enough to have them come after them now. So she says, we got to go. We got to go. And they do that awesome thing where everybody's got to pack as fast as they can. And they go to leave. And she and they go down the stairs. Yeah. And then uh, Dr. Flax passes out again because she does come to. And I don't remember, I'm trying to remember what transpired in that moment. Uh, I, I think she starts. Uh, was that the the rooftop? That wasn't the rooftop moment, though. Was, no, no, no. The rooftop was before. I think she sees basically. Uh, I don't know the 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 spirits closing in on uh, on uh, Pierce Brosnan's character. I th- I, maybe that's when. Maybe she sees him being beat down that moment. I don't remember. It's always again. It, it no. messes with your head, so you don't you don't really. Yeah. Know. So anyway, <laughs> they end up her friend who was coming to get her. Cause she her, she had talked to her friend, the other doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And while that friend is coming to get her in she's in traffic and these two of these punks show up and they try to get into her car actually it's a dancing mary mary warren i was scared tries to give her some flowers she's yeah. like smudging yeah, i don't i don't, want, I don't no. think i don't want any she won't no. please leave and while she's doing this somebody tries to get in the other door like kind of creeps in it's really creepy uh, to yeah. a door and it's broad daylight she takes off she's like get off my car get in my car and she turns and all we do is see like from her point of view she turns right into the front of a semi-truck and that's it. That's that, it. You never know, but you kind of have to draw your own conclusions. Sure. But and now, I, I, I don't know why they would have gone after her other than she talked to the guy that told her about the Inuit. Yeah, it's it's I again, I think it's the when you uh, when you start to be aware of Wait, them. Uh-oh, what does or, that mean for us and the people listening to this podcast? Oh, come on. You had to do this. <laughs> so, ultimately, <laughs> Oh well, it's been nice to know you, man. Yeah, you know it's been great. It's been good, 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 good run there. Uh, so whatever. So if you see Adamant, that's yeah, run like hell. Yeah, <laughs> do not stop. Do not do uh, anything. He's to old. Run. He can't catch you anyway. So just true. So ultimately, the the ladies, the the wife Nikki and the doc Doc Flex are in Brosnan's house, and they are packed up and they're getting ready to leave. And this is so I love this moment. They're on the stairs. And they that same skylight where we saw the van creeping by earlier. Yeah. What do they see? They see a shitload of these. Uh, I don't know entities. Is a good word. Yeah, and it's not I'll just say, the yeah. original ones. There's a bunch no, no, of no, them there's, now. There's a bunch of them, and she said, "Who are these people?" 
Yeah. And they just they they just close in on the house it, and then it turns into a, a, a siege movie. As Jason yeah. Piles of the horror movie podcast likes to say, he talks about the siege movie. This it turns into assault on precinct thirteen. It turns into uh, in any number of great siege experiences where that you know dawn of the dead a night of the living dead is probably even a better you know the idea they're just coming in they're crashing through the windows and yep. they keep running they keep running all the way to the point of okay the only place left to go hit the attic get the up attic, in the attic yeah. slam Always it shut a good idea huh well i guess but as a point we ain't got nowhere else to go and, i know <laughs> so uh, and I, I mean i thought it was great it was very suspenseful they get up there and I think this is where she, because she starts screaming. Oh, you're uh, right. You're right. I think this is where she sees uh, uh, being beat down. being beat down. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she keeps kind of going in and out of consciousness, essentially. And yeah. she's not yeah. able to help Nikki. Nikki's like, help me with the attic door. So she gets, but somebody breaks through the attic door while they're up there together. And it's dancing Mary Mary Warren. Now, this is the part. It was confusing. It was creepy, but it was confusing. So she finally breaks through. She looks at them and she stares yeah, she, at them yeah, smiles i mean if i had i don't know how pretty i don't know but i don't care how pretty they are if they smile like that it's creepy i'm out of there it's yeah creepy. It's creepy. yeah she smiles at them looks at them and kind of scares them a bit and then she just goes back goes back down again yeah so she, and then you, I, I don't, yeah, I don't you know why of, it's like why wouldn't they have taken them out <sighs> I don't know. Uh, again, this is kind of where you have to draw your own conclusions. Yeah, I think because and, and then they hear a lot of noise downstairs mm-hmm. because they stay up in the attic for quite a bit of time. Well, I don't know. I don't know how long. A couple of hours, I think. Yeah, because it's nighttime again, and they finally come down, and the inside of the house yeah. it looks like something out of Road Warrior. I mean, they have spray painted everything. Everything is just decimated in the it, house. It, it kind of looks like the the the, the parking uh, garage where uh, Snake Plissken lands on. Yes, it just has, and it looks very much like maybe some of the areas that the punks were frequenting when yeah. Brosnan's character was following them. I mean, it just it's, yep, it's yep. and what is cool is that Flax just says, "We you know we have to go. They'll be back." Yeah. So they're obviously just no. She knows they're just toying with it. Maybe because what she, if you go back with my theory that they require you to act out in some violent way to get you. In town was to reel you in that maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're playing with them, toying with them, trying to get them to yeah do stuff. I think yeah. maybe that's because may, I mean they they made um, uh, Pierce Brosnan uh, kind of act violently, and that's yeah. kind of how they they uh, wheeled him in. But well, they're they attracted to violence, right? They're attracted yeah. to. I think I, I read somewhere that actually the 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 man doing the uh, I think it's they show a newspaper clip that the guy who killed uh, I, don't, I think it was two girls in, in the, the house they're living sure. was actually uh, Adam Ant's character. Uh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, that's yeah, right. I think he hung himself in prison. I think they, they show right. I completely left that out. The wife earlier on a little bit earlier than than. Yeah, she oh, looks uh, at the, she finds the clipping. Uh, yeah, that was in, yeah. rolled up in the new in the uh, carpet, the bloody carpet. And when she unfolds it, we see Adam Ant's picture. We yeah. it says killer. Yeah, suicide killer of two girls or something to that effect so we are to presume yeah, so he's think, the father maybe that killed yeah and that's that's kind of uh, maybe why they leave these two women alone because they never act violently yes so they so do maybe escape. that's why they do yeah. they do get away and they yeah, drive right the, yeah the, the wife finds the, the i think also the wife finally realizes that he is actually gone because uh-huh. he, she she finds this uh the picture with him uh 
as a kid and she kind of breaks down yep. and then they go then they go into the car and drive off and then and originally flax is driving but then we cut to what's i would assume only an hour or two later because it, they're in california well that's a big state i don't yeah it's I, it's it's getting it's it's dawning again yeah so they've been on the road for a while now yeah. flax is in the back seat and nikki is driving and as mm-hmm. they go along, all of a sudden, yeah, okay, so it's very much one of those, okay, it's early morning the next day, and the sun is rising, and oh, okay, we're okay, we made it. Well, all of a sudden, behind them, you see a motorcycle. You, a motor, yeah, and I think, oh, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> like they <laughs> because found she said Because she said, they'll be back. Yeah, she said, they'll be back. So the motorcycle <clears throat> cuts them off, and Nikki jumps, but she's still driving, and, and all of a sudden, Flax leans forward, and she grabs her by the shoulder, and the, and the motorcycle gets up way up ahead of him, and kind of turns around, and then off to a, a little, almost like a little, uh, I don't know what it's called, but, not an island, but there's like an area off to the side of the road, like a mountain road, yep. it's almost like a mountain road, so there's this little area yep. where cars could pull off. Yep. And, so it pulls off, and she grabs her by the shoulder, and says, no matter what you see, don't stop. It's like she knows, right? Yeah. And then what happens? Well, the guy who's, well, he, he stops, turns around and take, well, push up his goggles. And uh, it's, uh, it's our good anthropologist. Yep. And he's just staring at them. Yeah. He's kind of sm- a, a hint of a smile. See, you took a smile. I didn't actually. Don't, I, I mean, I go back and watch. I'll go back and watch, but I don't remember yeah. seeing a smile. Okay. It's kind of a kind of a no, no, not not a big smile, but just a hint of it. Okay, which kind of uh, makes you question the ending. Well, especially the, the, yeah, because because so, what ends up happening is they they don't stop. They keep going, uh, and because uh, they do, he takes off the opposite direction. And the last yeah. shot is the camera slowly pulls down to a sign that says you are now leaving, or no, you're in, oh, it says entering entering California, entering California. Yeah, which means and he leaving. just drives he drives back. It's like he's seeing them off. Yeah, you know like now I mean? as long as they run away, yeah. that it's okay. Yeah. But because yeah. they. And and almost and you know what I almost wonder since presumably it's not really him it's just one of these Inuit things that took his form. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. In case in case our listeners doesn't understand he he's become one of them. Yes. Yeah. There. Yeah. I make sure yeah. we're very clear. Yeah. <laughs> we did the spoiler <laughs> alert at the beginning, so there we're, yep. we're good. So yeah. So he's but it's a cool beca- shot. I love that shot. Yeah, but it, but it's almost like so you wonder. Okay, so was it? If they had stopped, I guess what I'm getting at is why did it let them go just because they crossed the state line? Is it because they didn't acknowledge him? They kept going and thus he isn't, he assumes they don't know what he is and, and that's okay and he's good with that? Or yeah. is it because they did what they were supposed to do, which is leave? And once they get past a certain area, then yeah. they don't, they don't follow it's territory. Anymore. It's like a, a territory <laughs> thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I like so that. Next, I like the I, next set of the Inuas take over then. Yes, essentially, and you get the, <laughs> you get the impression that there's quite a few of them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I personally like this movie. I don't. I know it's flawed. It and there's points yeah, it, where it makes no sense whatsoever. But if you again go with dream logic, uh, the same way you might watch a Dario Argento film. I I did it that way, and I actually were aspects of this movie I really liked. Yeah, same here. I was uh, surprised. I mean, when you start off with this, uh, the, the accent, yeah. which he doesn't sound like he's from France. No, he I'm pretty much sounds like Pierce Brosnan doing a French accent. Exactly. And he looks weird doing it. But anyway, uh, and, and that's what it's, uh, it's going to be one of these movies. <laughs> and it's not. It's, uh, I, I, I really like this one. And it's, it's neat because there's, there's enough 
visual things going on that are interesting. There's enough atmosphere. There's some good suspense set pieces. But I think for people out there who are fans of McTiernan's early work, especially, I mean, realizing that this movie was the reason, according to Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger at the time would have had a lot yeah. of pull and said that he saw this movie, which is what he started to lobby for McTiernan to direct Predator. And McTiernan's yeah. second film he is Predator. Yep. So to think about that, that three punch of he did Predator, he did Die Hard, and he did Hunt for October. And I mean, I I don't dislike Last Action Hero. I think that's a decent, entertaining yeah, a, movie. Yeah, I mean, a, the, the premise is, uh, is is awesome. Yeah, and and so you know that one, a Medicine Man's okay. I mean, he's he's had some ones that weren't stellar, but they're not <clears> awful. <throat> uh, the last couple he did, and we won't even get into what happened after that with his legal troubles. But the the <laughs> the point is, he did a, his last two movies. I think Rollerball, the Rollerball remake, and Basic, which I actually remember seeing in the theater with John Travolta was, and I thought that was going to be a more predator ish movie minus the predator. I thought it was going to be a, this return to form with his action, and yeah, um, mm. no, it was not. Nope. So no, he, he's past his prime. Then. Yeah, and I don't get, I don't know how you could have directed just those few movies that were just tremendous. And I actually, I know people who love uh, was a Thirteenth Warrior with Antonio Banderas. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, and so a lot uh, of people love yeah. that movie. So I mean, you know, he's definitely done some great films, but yeah, uh, this yeah, is Thirteenth Warrior weren't all that all bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not a. Not a great movie, but uh, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. And I think that it's neat to see somebody early in their career doing something and to see that, you know, there was flaws and there was mistakes made and, and to see how he carried certain aspects, though, of this movie over into subsequent films. So I I appreciated it. I liked it. And I get yeah, why I'm, somebody I'm, might not. <laughs> I think I, you have to. It's a kind of movie you, you really have to pay attention to it because there's a, there's there, there's actually a lot going on. Sure. Uh, so uh, and the, the well the the idea with the the uh, these spirits uh, it, it's intriguing. I've been reading up on the uh, on, on Eskimo lore so to speak today. So uh, yeah, it was fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that's all another fun. In a, in a, now I was going to say that one of the things I always love doing too is with certain films is is seeing like how much of the stuff was grounded in actual true stories and mythologies and legends and and the only thing you get to do your own research that connects you to the universe of the movie that's always a neat thing to do. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it, the, the, if it's evil spirits or not it's it's uh, nomadic tribes. I mean the Inuits were were uh, were a nomadic tribe. It's not until the later part of the centuries i think they 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 actually just settled down but they uh they were hunter gatherers more yeah. or less so uh so that part of the nomads uh, they they never so because that's what he's you know he says they never stopped they never stopped moving around when he was following them for more than 30 hours they uh -huh. never stopped moving so uh no the idea was i i yeah it's like you said it's it's a uh, uh it's a gem you've never seen you think hmm, what the hell is this yep and so, I, I, again, I think that it's it's a fun movie. I don't think we'll go down the whole is it C a D or you know cinematic kind nah. of candy because neither of us grew up nope, with it. Or <laughs> but 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 that being the case, you know we have that that almost detachment that we could have been a lot more 
severe <laughs> in our yeah. criticism. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know. I feel like there's there's enough there, and and especially when you consider the connection it has to people in their early parts of their careers, it's it's a, it's a neat little thing. Oh, and we forgot to mention the guitar aspect and, and some of the music. The music was actually composed by Bill Conti, who most famously yeah. did the Rocky music. Mm-hmm. But did the guitar work and some of the, the, the rock aspects of the soundtrack, did you catch who that was? Uh, that was Ted Nugent, right? Yeah. The Nuge. Yeah. yeah. He was actually, yeah, he was playing the guitar. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The Motor City uh, Madman. Yeah, it was Ted Nugent. I was like, wow, didn't see that coming. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, but the score for this movie is. Uh, That's cool. I it's it. really, really good. I yeah. it was like a, the beginning, especially, and I'm going to probably play that at some point during this the, as a transition piece, the, the synth aspect, yeah. aspect and of then it. The guitars come in, and uh, I think I have to play it myself here. Sure. Do you want to do us a couple of really quick movie picks? Okay. So we can wrap this bad boy up. All right, let's do it. Okay. What do you got? I am going with uh, Piers Brosnan. Okay. Because I, uh, I was going, I was looking here, and then uh, when I was going through his, uh, <laughs> I almost said pornography, but I mean <laughs> <laughs> filmography. filmography. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he got naked in this one. I see you did, so there's you one. There's one from 2002 called Evelyn. Oh. Uh, which is uh, based on a true story where he plays, uh, well, it's loosely based on a true story. Uh, a guy called Desmond Doyle who uh, fought the Irish courts back in the 50s hmm. uh, because his, uh, at the, his wife leaves him with uh, three small kids. And apparently back then, uh, in Ireland, uh, the, the courts removed the kids from well broken homes, and the fact that he couldn't hold a job and he was uh, he, he drank a lot, they 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 take his kids from him. And the the movie, well, because it's called Evelyn, is one of his uh, his uh, it's it's his daughter. Hmm. And while he's trying to get the courts and and everything to. Uh, to get her back, she the, the the kids are placed as I don't know, not nunneries, but kind of a, uh, oh, what do you call them? Orphanage. Orphanages, okay. yeah, run by the church. Okay. And the church, and and she's, uh, well, she's abused by one of the nuns, and hit and everything. It's it's uh, this is a, it's a rough movie. I, I you. you you come away with this with with tears in your eyes. Okay. Oh, I have to check yeah. that out. Actually, and I, I saw Bruce Bresford. I think it's how you pronounce it, Bresford. The, it was the director. The guy did Breaker Morant and Tender Mercies. So that's that's yeah. cool. Yeah, Evelyn, two thousand two. And and uh, Pierce Brosnan is he is uh, to use the word you said. He is stellar in this one. He is absolutely outstanding. Oh, that's great. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of that one. That's great. I'm adding it to uh, the list. Watch it's it's very good. It's a it, it's a drama, but a uh, wow. A, that do that one bad. for movie night. It sounds like I think my wife would dig that too. That's cool. Yeah. Well, for my pick, I went to the opposite end of the spectrum, and okay. I did a different type of awesome, which I, I'm sure I've picked this one before. I know it's been covered on the show. I don't care, because any excuse I have <laughs> to cover it, I will. 1984's 
Night of the Comet. Because of Mary Warrenoff. Yeah. She plays one of the scientists in it. And just in case you don't know, it's about a comet passes over Earth and turns everyone to dust. Except, except for our intrepid heroines, Regina and Sam, sisters, <laughs> valley girls, if you will. And a whole group of kind of zombie-ish comet zombie, teenage, teenage comet zombies, actually. So they they have to to battle them. Uh, they they meet some other folks along the way who may or may not be tainted by the the comet effects. And uh, it is just a fun action sci-fi horror comedy genre hybrid thing, and I love it. So it's Night of the great, Comet, yeah. yeah, it's it's classic. I love this movie. That's a that's a good pick. I love that movie. So that's my pick. And, and you didn't even say say who it starred. Oh, well, you have to say I, Kelly I, Maroney it, and Catherine Mary Stewart. It is absolutely, and, and Robert Beltran. But, but oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I almost, I almost feel like it's one of those movies that for me, I just, I, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even need to, Peter. Just, I know it's, it's a given that it stars them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, if you've never seen another comment, seriously, it's classic. It's a great '80s movie. It's fun uh, if you're into sci-fi, into more light-hearted horror because it's not terrifying miniseries, but it's got a couple no. good creep factor moments yeah. in it the if kid, com- the it, kid you, comes you, to mind yep yeah so if you haven't seen it after you've listened to us uh, talk about it just after the part of this episode just go watch it oh yeah you've got to see it it's great so yes <clears throat> night of the comet for me evelyn for peter peter thank you for doing this this is great i i'm actually surprised i figured this might be like one of those We'd be lucky to get thirty to forty minutes out of this movie, and uh, no, we did pretty good. We, we had like a full-on episode. Thought, yeah, that's what I thought when I started watching. What, what the hell are we going to talk about? And then when the as the movie plays along, you you, you kind of find out it's it, there's a little more to it than that. I agree. So, uh, so, so thank to, you for bringing me this. It was my pleasure, man. Uh, I, I appreciate you uh, you coming along for the ride and and, and chatting with me about it. So uh, for anybody out there, be sure to check out Peter's awesome movie reviews, retro movie reviews at ForgottenFlix.com and s- swing by the site to check out some other stuff, all the past episodes and all that good stuff. And I'm not 100% sure what the next movie will be, and uh, we'll leave it up in the air. Maybe I'll post it on the Facebook page once we once we know for sure. But uh, until yeah, then, don't, Peter... Don't, don't. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You have to say this. Don't forget to comment. I mean, uh, people comment on the Facebook site, but don't just leave a comment on the, the on the Forgotten Flip oh, site. Oh, sure, because yeah. It's fun. You know, it kind of gets... Someone has to make the get the first comment there to get the ball rolling. Sure, this is true. This is true. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's always nice to have a conversation, and Peter's much better about answering those than I am. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you find out, ooh, ooh someone commented. Yeah. Okay. And occasionally you realize, like I do, that they're spam and you have to delete them. But yeah. other than that, oh, well, yeah. But there, there are there are real people among them. Yes, there is true. And uh, we've had in the past some really great comments, so it's it's yeah. cool. Uh, I agree with Peter. So yeah, definitely do that and and read his reviews and comment on those. And it's it's a lot of fun. So uh, Peter, any final words before we? Uh, well, if if people who are not talking starts following me in a black van, run like hell. Thanks for listening. And for even more retro movie goodness, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave a review. It helps more people find out about the show. And a special thanks to JV at YourSecretIdentity.com for all the fantastic music you've heard throughout this show. So swing on by ForgottenFlix.com where we've got great retro reviews, 
articles, games, tons of past podcast episodes and interviews, and more. 